much. No way! This shit was unmuted. Oh, that's, that's fucking amazing. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> okay, now we actually started it. Okay, we were talking for a minute now, but apparently we were on mute. Uh, this is the Trip Podcast. It's Andrew Park and... Armand Rye. Hell yeah. The beloved, the uh, one and only. We were just talking about like our daily lives. So anyways, I have five projects going on. I'll just restate it because I was on mute. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> First one is the Green magazine journalism website it's so a like, student-led organ- student organization that is a creative creative outlet for all students from all sorts of media whether it be poetry digital art uh photography but my own personal blog check that out by the way yep. it'll, it'll be linked somewhere at this point yeah uh basically the problem with the original website was it, it was from wix and then you have to pay like hella money to yeah. actually add users like post all that and actually have your own domain name and i was like fuck that i'm gonna make my own shit Mm -hmm. so then yeah now we have our own domain name and we're able to do that Mm -hmm. uh so that's project number one project number two is ky service team website uh upcoming projects it's an upcoming project uh between well uh andrew and i will be the co-founders uh when he leaves for stanford uh he will no longer be a real active member probably as much but basically the ky service team is going to be a high school-led organization which is going to be working on uh creating service projects at, for at least at the moment in kentucky uh hopefully one day we'll get national yep. and one day after that we'll get international but yeah just going as hard as we can for the next year and a half to get as many service projects, boost that CV, but actually get some fucking something fucking done in the world. Um, it comes from my inspiration. So, uh, as some of you guys may know, if you're from Gatton, uh, president of the Young Republicans Club, founder of the Young Republicans Club as well. Let me throw that out there. Uh, Gatton Academy, and we recently did a project called Uplift Ukraine, which we raised three hundred dollars for the World Central Kitchen, and which is basically making free meals for Ukrainian citizens. So that sort of inspired me of like, hey. I used Young Republicans Club as a base for this. Why not create a nonprofit organization where we can get multiple people to use this platform to actually do something good in the world? And so that's what we plan on Kentucky Service Team actually being. Um, we we're we're in, I'm in the process of right now working with an actual graphic designer. He's a he's still he's technically a high schooler, but he's actually done graphic some graphic design work. Um, shout out at like every single Louisville rapper because he does the like freaking album covers yeah. for every single uh, Louisville rapper, but. Um, yeah, that's what basically the Kentucky service team is. And we're right now, our, our first project is going to be a refugee, sort of, sort of a refugee service project where we end up trying to make, uh, right now, I think right now we're talking about making starter kits for these refugees, whether it be uh, toiletries, uh, schoolwork, or even just some financial aid to be able to just be able to be an American citizen in our world. So, you yeah. hear my initial thought with like this, like when I was thinking about it, I actually okay. haven't told you it. Uh, so basically, I was thinking there's so many organizations out there already that do mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. What would make us different? Why would we even try to do it? The reason that what's making us different is we're genuine. We're high schoolers, and we're actually gonna do shit. We're gonna we're gonna try to do is first of all we're gonna try to take social media by fucking storm. We're not letting. Like I understand what the Kentucky Student Voice Team does, and I, I I fucking love them to death. I love all of them to death. But a lot of them, what they do, I feel like is more focused outside of like the uh, the actual streets within Kentucky. What they end up doing is speaking with a lot of uh, people up in higher up places. And although they do get a lot done, they also can't get a lot done because they are not actually out on the streets. With the Kentucky service team, we plan on being directly on the streets, directly to the people, for the people, by the people. Now, my thought with this was specifically different organizations that help 
such uh, refugees and Ukraine mm-hmm. citizens. Mm-hmm. And my thought process was like, yeah, people know about it, but if we were to do it, if two teenagers mm-hmm. in Kentucky that people actually know and we were able to spread the word that way, mm-hmm. we already have the initial support from our friends and family in this area. We could mm-hmm. also just use that to make Kentucky one of the like most popular pa- places or mm-hmm. uh, platforms to actually give mm-hmm. back. And you know what? Kentucky's a, a fucking growing state. We're doing yeah, it all right now. We got UK and the entire Lexington metropolitan yeah. area on the rise. Louisville is a... Uh, had a little downturn. Shout out the pandemic yeah. and Breonna Taylor. Uh, terrible things both. But uh, also the fact that it's just like, why not us? You know, like exactly. why? Like why, we should be able to do something. We should make impact. Even if like other organizations are doing it. Mm-hmm. Even if we were able to, like contribute. Even like mm-hmm. the smallest um, amount compared to like these large organizations, it'd still be worth it. And well, then, I go back to my uplift Ukraine project. You know. Here, here I am thinking that I want to do a service project for Young Republicans Club again. And I'm thinking, you know, what can I do? I go out and buy $50 worth of Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. And we end up, we sell them for $2 a pop. You could donate more and more if you want. And we end up raising over $300. With such a minuscule amount of effort, you can actually help make, make a difference in people's lives, both on the international, national, and local scale. And... It, that that's what mainly inspired me. I was like, well, what the fuck? What am I doing in my dorm room alone watching The Office or Community and listening to Childish Gambino at two in the morning? Right. I can actually be making a difference and helping people's lives. No, I completely agree. It's also just like the first stepping stone. It's like, yeah, it's $300 right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, the next one's going to be 500 The next one's just going to grow mm-hmm. exponentially. And by that time, you're able to make a name out of yourself. Mm-hmm. People know who you are, what you've done in the past. And they'll still remember, at least the people that were close to you in the beginning, mm. would know like where you came from and then mm. see how much you've grown and how much you were able to impact at such a large scale in the future. And I feel like that's... Well, I mean, like for, for, for an underprepared project with a cost of $50, we got 600%. Not 600. Yeah, 600%, right? We got 600% return off of sort of just a something that I kind of threw together in a week. Imagine if I, we put our fucking minds to it. And we actually did a social media campaign. We got outside of our tiny little high school with 100 people, 150 people in it. Like, imagine if we actually tried to go the extra mile. We could raise thousands of dollars for genuine people in need. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Not, for, for, forget high school-wide events. Forget college campus-wide events. Forget even metropolitan-wide events. Why aren't we doing state, national, international-wide events all the time? And, and there's no – I mean, again, I'm 17 years old, and I ra- I've raised a lot of money that I can have prepare free meals if i'm still i'm still gonna be 17 for at least another mm-hmm. what, six months i can still make a difference i don't know make even more of a difference it's all about trying to use my platform for something that's actually good you know what i mean like making that arm on rye means something you know i played football for a while Some, something uh not a lot of people know about me <laughs> but uh there's something about repping that name on your back and part of that is uh, my last name is Rye, so I'm going to rep Rye to its fullest. But guess what? I'm going to rep Gatton Academy to its fullest. I'm going to rep the state of Kentucky to its fullest. I'm going to rep the United States to its fullest. And I'm going to rep the international world to its fullest. It's my absolute civil duty to be able to provide and bring service to others if I'm in a position to be able to do that. You inspire me because the first thing that came out of mind was like what I've done. And most of my things that I've actually raised money for was because I was part of a larger organization or I was a leader in one of these large organizations that was raising money for either like cystic fibrosis patients or different uh, like the Red Cross. And, the, and those are still all great organizations, right. amazing organizations. The difference is like 
with the people that I did compared to you yourself building a name out of yourself and making it possible to do it by yourself is just Mm-hmm. inspiring in my opinion well i mean i've, I've had I've, first of all great mentor in andrew park he's an amazing work ethic uh great mentor in mark zuckerberg uh shout out the social network uh great mentor in elon musk but like these are people that are building multi-billion dollar franchises off their name and they're expanding and expanding and the, shout out the paypal mafia i know they bring great influence to yeah you. but like these, these did are, i show you that yeah, yeah okay okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah like, these people these are people making multi-billion dollar freaking organizations that are creating jobs and bringing actual bringing prosperity and economic freedom and social freedom to the world and making our lives easier and they started i mean like we've all heard it apple started in some dude's garage you know what i mean there's no reason why i can't do something in my own dorm room Hell yeah, Facebook started in the dorm room. Exactly. <laughs> I think everything starts in a fucking yeah, a small ass place. Hey, do you know what, man? I don't have the constraints of a wife. I don't have the strength of a kid. I have, I have as much time as possible dedicated to actual service and doing shit. We actually have so much opportunity, like right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Like this is probably the most time we're ever gonna have mm-hmm. in the next few years with college and everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, why not make the most out of it? I think that's like mm-hmm. what's been sticking with me. And like I mean, I'm, I'm a high school student taking like 18 hours. That's like, which is really, and I'm 18 pretty e- decently easy hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, my mindset is, is like, if, instead of going to bed at 4 a.m. and doing my, starting my work at like midnight, why not start my work at 4 p.m. and then go to sleep at 4 a.m.? I'm still going to be going to sleep at 4 a.m. I'm still going to be, but I'm just going to get a lot more fucking work done. A lot more I'm, I'm going to be as tired. Like I'm still gonna, like I'm still gonna get the same amount of sleep. I'm still gonna be as tired. I'm still gonna be drinking coffee the next morning because I, I fucking love my coffee. You know, I got my fucking Keurig on Zach's microwave. <laughs> but like, if I have, why? I didn't give me a Keurig. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it's not like I'm. If I'm doing work that I actually enjoy and doing good work, there's no reason why I shouldn't be doing it more. Again, like with this uplift Ukraine shit, that's something I put together in a week. We, we we had a I mean shout out Jordan my uh, like director of marketing and design for Young Republicans Club he made he threw he threw up a flyer in like an hour yeah. you know what I mean we we printed a couple copies we put it we, we gave them out a little bit we got something set in the email I, I released a couple messages in our school wide group chat we did, we threw it all together in a week I mean we didn't even use our own table we used a table that was given to us out in the lobby yeah. it's actually not that hard it doesn't take that much effort to actually. It, t- it, takes, it takes willpower, drive, and five minutes of your time. Honestly. I mean, I, I, mean, what, I mean, I sat out there in the lobby for like a couple hours. I wasn't going to do anything better during that time. You know what I mean? Didn't have an exam coming up. Didn't have homework to really do. I mean, there was no point. I shouldn't be doing something as productive as possible with my time and actually giving back to the community. You know what I mean? Even if it's not necessarily my community as a, a kid in Bowling Green, it's my community. I have to rep the international stage as much as possible. Have you heard of the uh, idea behind self care is not real? Uh, I, I think it's. The, I think it's. The Can case. I uh, let me explain? Mm. So there is a research that came out of Stanford, I believe. It's always Stanford. Always Stanford. It's always Stanford. Stanford. <laughs> uh, that basically states that if you believe that you can work for twelve hours without breaks. Mm-hmm. If you truly believe that, then you will be able to do that. Mm-hmm. If you think that you need breaks while working, then you need breaks. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts? Okay, so 
I obviously I do I do, I do psychology research, right? So I read a lot of fucking like psych papers. Like that's like uh-huh. that, that's what I do in my fucking free time because I think that I, I like that shit, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I definitely understand that there there are literal biological differences and neurological differences between many people, but I think there is a great number of people who hold themselves back from their true potential. There, there's a, I think there's a lot of people who are scared to be the best Armand Ride. They're scared to be the best Andrew Park. And, and and part of that is a fear of failure. But again, I think even if if you put in that extra hour, I think you can always put you can almost always put an extra hour. Of course, I recognize there are people who will, who still have to work to be able to pay off school. And this, this, there's great atrocities all throughout the world. But there's many people who are in a position to be able to work that extra hour. There are many people who are able to do that extra five push-ups and become the best person that they can possibly be. You know, and and I think that's about making a conscious decision to yourself that you owe that to yourself. It is your duty. You know, my, my, my dad's a physician and my mom has also has a graduate, uh, a graduate level degree and she, she makes a deep good money. Like I, I come from a decent amount of money as a family. I, I think it's my duty as a person to do better than they did. My parents came from poverty and they got to where we're at right now. There's no reason why I shouldn't be millions times higher than them. I, I, and I'm making the conscious decision to myself that I have to work. And I know that I'm able to work. I just have to make the conscious decision to actually do it. But here's the thing, I, think, I legitimately think everybody everybody is capable of doing amazing things. It's legitimately, a, a lot of the times, it's ourselves holding ourselves back. The, the greatest enemy to man is man itself. That brings up an interesting point. My parents also were immigrants, and it follows like the same like idea basically if our parents are immigrants that came here and they were able to do well and have given us the chance to go to the fucking gat academy yeah have a good education right the next step in that um family tree line would be us succeeding in america mm-hmm. and getting to mm-hmm. well like succeeding in our own eyes going to the top i, I think that also just speaks to like there are plenty of resources out there for for, for and I understand there are definitely people who are, come from more underserved areas, but for the common man, there are plenty of resources out there. Even even, even if you go to your, your local public school, you can always work, you can always spend an extra hour in the library. You can always spend an extra hour with your teacher. But things like that, making the conscious decision to be able to learn as much as possible and actually do as much as possible is what's going to actually bring you success. Again, like part of the reasons why the top colleges are the top colleges is because their students use every single one of their resources that they have available to them. The people, the people who are the top researchers at Harvard, they're they're contacting people in Shanghai, they're contacting people in Moscow somehow. They're you know they're contacting people everywhere, trying to be get the best possible, trying to be able to use every single resource they have. You know, and I think that it's a conscious decision to be able to use all those resources. And I, cause I, also, I genuinely believe that there's the little voice in our head is almost always right. Uh, the little voice in our head that's telling us, you know what, man, get off your phone. It's 2 a.m. Go to sleep or do some work. That voice is right. But yet we all, almost always choose to ignore it because we're afraid to be able to actually take the jump into using all of our resources. I think the term go the extra mile can be kind of rephrased if you believe it to be go the extra foot, right? Because mm. hear me out. It's just that extra foot. It's just like a little thing. If it is to just spend another hour with your teacher after school mm-hmm. or just stay in the library for another hour, it's not that much. Or is it like um, with what you do for Ukraine and the donut, uh, just 
spending fifty dollars, like just making a flyer in an hour, it's not that much work, but it produces so much output. But like the input to output ratio is mm-hmm. like the crucial factor in actually getting stuff done. Also, another point is that while we all have the resources, I think a crucial point. Maybe and I wouldn't say all people have resources. You know, most people have the resources mm-hmm. uh, to build a name for themselves to actually succeed. However, while fear is one factor, I feel another very crucial factor is your environment, who you choose to be around. Because mm. say you're in a public high school, mm. we both were, if you're surrounded by people who don't want to work hard or people who don't have aspirations or think big, mm. right? Mm. How on earth are you ever going to find that? How are you ever going to like realize that you can do much more, right? So coming to Gatton, I was more open to like these people actually want to do something i want to do something too like i want to make it big and also that came from like the internet i started exploring like what all these other people did um who david Sachs was like the <laughs> founder of this uh yeah. stuff like that it's like people are able to accomplish so much more if they just realize it and especially like hanging around with people like you are it's just the internal drive to actually achieve something to actually make an impact on the world that makes like all the difference mm-hmm. just putting yourself in the environment mm-hmm. for you to succeed and unfortunately it is the name of the game that it's like a lot of people don't grow up in a lot a lot of one, a lot of the problems in america are started in the household and it's a great shame to many people that people aren't raised being aren't aren't fortunate to be raised in an environment in which they are more pushed to succeed and more pushed to have a harder work ethic and more and pushed to use as many resources as possible. I think, and so I understand like, well, people do not have that. I, I think as a, and I, I understand, uh, I just want to say like, I understand that there are people that do not have the environment to do that. But for many, many of the people in the world, it is a conscious decision to be able to surround yourself with with things, with people, with ideas that are going to push you towards success. And in such a scenario, it would be hard if you are in such like a household that doesn't appreciate those values. Uh, one big thing in uh, one big idea that needs to be changed in this world is education now i've this has been lingering with me for like years now just how much of a difference there is between schools public high schools in kentucky versus uh the charter schools in like new york or the Mm -hmm. private schools Mm -hmm. uh now i was thinking of ways to increase education bring well first of all first of all i think you have to honor like there's there has to be recognition that well first of all Part of the reason why places in the East Coast is because East Coast has been around here for a while. You start off, I mean, you, you start your colleges in the 1700s, 1800s. Okay, but no, no, no. But, There's but, still bad schools in New York East Coast. I'm true. just saying, like, the location doesn't matter. I'm just saying, like, disparity between the resources and expertise of the teachers, faculty, uh, and everything about the school. It doesn't really matter about the location. I'm just talking about the school itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's an interesting... There's an interesting idea, and this is not me trying to refute you. This is just me kind of like talking. Uh, there's an interesting idea that like the people, a lot of people in Kentucky, they're happy not getting a college education. They're still happy. I mean, a lot of people they, they take pride in their farms. They take pride in their city. I mean, Bowling Green is an area where a lot of people from Bowling Green, even if they go out to U of L or the University of Louisville, if they go out to University of Kentucky, which are areas that are hours away from Bowling Green, they still come back to Bowling Green. And a lot of people are happy that way. I mean, and if, I feel like 
as even though they may not be able to taking then they're they may just get their bachelor's or they may just get their high school degree and they're not necessarily looking for a master's a phd an md jd they're still enjoying life and being happy in life and i think and i think that like that's still important i, I think we have to recognize that that's still an important and viable option that people should have i agree in this conversation uh okay let me finish my statement real quick so there's a, there's a disparity between all these schools in America. How can you improve the education system so that, one, students retain the information, two, students enjoy learning, mm-hmm. and um, three, you can set these students up for success in like the academic field, right? Mm-hmm. And I was pondering this for so long, researched it across a multitude of organizations that are currently trying to improve the education system in America. Mm-hmm. What I've come to realize at the end of the day is what you said. People don't want, people are fine with um, just working in their own farms or choosing a different path than the academic. And that's completely fine. They're not looking, they're not, they don't, they're not going to, their path towards happiness and fulfillment in life is not getting a master's, a PhD or MD. That's that's not what their path to happiness is. Right. So that that is like a major reason why mm-hmm. there's such a disparity in schools because mm-hmm. some people just don't care about school that much, and that's just not a bad thing. But I feel like everyone should still be educated. Mm-hmm. But still, if people actually really, really want to send their kids off into a really good school, they would find a way. And there's not really a thing you can do to all public schools that increases the expertise and just how good a school is to the level of these private schools up in New York and up in the Northeast. You just can't revolutionize it because people don't want it in the end. I think one thing you can easily do, increase the importance of trade school and decrease the importance of getting a bachelor's degree. First First of all, your bachelor's degree is probably useless for the first two years of it. And having access to trade schools in places like Kentucky, places like Texas, places like Mississippi, having those opportunities for your your high school sophomores, juniors, and seniors where they can get apprenticeships is absolutely crucial. I mean, one thing I I respect about India's public education system is that you basically graduate high school when after your sophomore year of high school, and then you start actually getting into the field you want. And my dad went to start went to med school at seventeen years old, sixteen years old. Because that's he knew what he wanted to do. I think focusing on actual skills rather than sort of having that that BS to your name, that MS to your name, that PhD to your name is what actually matters. And unfortunately, we've we've I feel like we've we've gone too far into the general education realm, and the uh, that that all people are going to end up. We should all people should start at the same base. Because I mean, I want I want to end up going to medicine. There's no reason why I should be learning every single fucking grammar rule in the world. You know what I mean? That, I feel like that, that shouldn't be something that's necessarily that should define how good of a student I am. It's something I have absolutely no interest in, and I'm not gonna ha- I'm not gonna do good in it if I don't like it. I mean, just to some degree, to some degree. I mean, I know you're not the biggest fucking fan of grammar either. You still got a fucking 36 on your ACT, but <laughs> I, I mean, I, I find absolutely no joy in correcting someone's grammar unless it's about a, unless it's about like a psychology paper unless it's about a paper i actually like so i think increase in, in, in increasing the prioritization of actual skills rather than like sort of our idea of education now is what's most important oh it's, it's, it's not necessarily something that's gonna it's, it's not an instant fix it's not something that happens overnight 
It's just it's a more of a general cultural idea that we need to think about. Okay, but the thing is, schools have probably been the most stagnant system in America mm-hmm. ever since it was created. Mm-hmm. You have healthcare, mm-hmm. politics, technology, just entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything has evolved besides education. Education has been the only one that has not evolved mm-hmm. to a greater being I mean, than I, it has before. I mean, at this point, a bachelor's degree is fucking useless other than to say that you got your bachelor's degree. And that you, like, learn shit. But, like, I think we have very differing opinions about this. But I I, I understand okay. what you're trying to say. Okay. I'm thinking more of a high school level that instead of revolutionizing schools to be better in their teachers, mm-hmm. uh, the um, curriculum, it's, so it's more, like, that is important. But instead of trying to make every school top tier in, like, such an area, mm-hmm. it's better to actually focus on... The switching skills. the actual skills the actual skills and the importance of the skills again like I, I, first of all I think a great number of people that go to college don't need a college degree for what they're going to do I, I think I think I mean people that want to go into people a lot of people who are entrepreneurs uh, other than basically getting growing a network of connections college is really not that important I mean, you can. I mean, you're fucking what? You're you're 17, you're 18 years old now, and you're fucking creating startups in your fucking dorm. Your fucking dorm right now, and you could you would be doing the same thing if you're at your fucking house in South Oldham, Kentucky, or Oldham, Oldham County, Kentucky. Like, and those are actual skills you can learn. Learning, learning how to learn code. Learning how, like, learning the actual process of learning code. Learning the application of different codes. Learning what the fuck a switch statement is and fucking like uses. But like the actual the difference between switch statements and large <laughs> ML statements. <laughs> but like things like that are actual skills you should learn, and that's a process of learning. It's not necessarily you know what a switch statement is and you can write it as what is on a test. It should be. Can you use this? Can you use a switch statement? And again, someone like me who wants to focus more on like, can I diagnose a patient and can I treat it? I don't have much of a. I know what a switch statement is. You know what I mean? It's a good skill to have. I don't care for really defining it on an exam. Okay, but this is an interesting uh, topic. It's just like a science, like yeah. a side thing. What I read in these AI healthcare papers was yeah. that. Eventually, if AI becomes prevalent, which it will in healthcare, it, 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 all it, it, physicians, well, most physicians will have to know how to code. Yeah, to no. an extent. So I, that's just like a side. Yeah, which, which is which is also part of the reason why I'm learning code. I can't lie. <laughs> I mean, I, I think coding is fun, bro. It's, I don't know what you mean. It's it's all right. It's all right. I don't have the brain where you, like where you do where I could where I could where I think of a problem and like I figure out code to be able to solve it. You know what I mean? I, I just don't have a brain like that. You know what I mean? Fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, 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 I sort of more of like a, a simple minded brain. I'm like, let's take a step back. Let's see what's going on. What, what do we have here? You know what I mean? I, I, I've got a, a typical STEM research guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair enough. Let me, I'll, I'll read the papers and I'll come up with something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not like, let me start writing fucking, let me start fucking writing code immediately. Or you have that type of brain. And do you know what? You've gone fucking farther than I have with that brain. So shout out to you for that. And kudos to you for that. But like, again, 
it goes back to, you know what, I, w- I wish I learned fucking how to be a doctor at 17 instead of taking a push, you know what I mean? Like, what's, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm a little interested in politics. Taking U.S. history mm. is the dumbest fucking course in the world where I, I can learn the enti- everything I would need to know in a fucking crash course. Do you want to know my idea? So, basically, this is a large problem, right? Why spend an entire year's worth on a subject that you don't really care about at all, exactly. right? Yeah. Now, the counter-argument to this is that it exposes you to different areas you might be passionate in. You never know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, that's still very, very a, a long time in our time, in mm-hmm. our perspective, right? Solution would be one course that goes through, like, one course per year that goes through multiple different subjects Mm-hmm. on a very uh, breath level, the surface level, to see what actually inspires you. Mm-hmm. Now, this would include curriculum, like surface level curriculum, but also uh, experts, professionals in their field coming in to talk to these students mm-hmm. and just exposing them to all of these different fields that they could pursue. Mm-hmm. I thought about this. I think it'd be interesting to see how it actually plays out and if it would be effective. I feel like a lot of students would actually take that opportunity to just learn a lot about a I completely lot. disagree if you look at any rural county high school in the world uh, they freaking like uh, there's one of my friends here at Gatton their freshman year they took a like a it was called like I think it was called like planet earth astronomy science and it was basically a very basic level course where you didn't learn anything it was the same curriculum from middle school except like one or two extra chapters no but what i'm saying is like each subject you would you would hit medicine you would hit geology you hit computer science Mm -hmm. science chemistry biology uh literally everything but each subject would take like two weeks max so it's just like a really because, no, you can still learn a lot in two I mean, weeks. I mean, start trying to fucking teach medicine in two weeks to the freshman in high school. I feel like you can still expose them to a lot of ideas I would within two weeks. With you. Really? I mean, okay, again, I'm a, I'm a psych guy. I read a lot of neuro... Like, 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 literally in my free time, I would go through LinkedIn and go, like, look through different neuroscience, like, journals to, like, read this type of shit. People... Our A's and T's and C's and G's are completely different than mine are different than yours. Yours are different than your roommates, and mine's different than my roommates. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, however you think about it, we we may have a little bit more cognitive ability than a lot of other people, and there is a very very small amount of people who'd be able to take advantage of that. I mean, like, I, I mean, you I, you went to you went to a pretty large public school. And I, I went to a, a very sports center at school. <laughs> like, I, I from fir- first-hand experience, there are people who are going to be most people in most public schools, or at least I would say a good number of people would just take advantage of having the ease of that and not and not really learn anything from it. I mean, that's true. Because even if you expose all these students to all these different fields, it doesn't matter if you inspire them if they don't do anything mm-hmm. about it. Because like they'll just take the course as like mm-hmm. very superficial. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. It's just like to inspire like students. But mm-hmm. in the end, if you don't make them like actually want to code, mm-hmm. just like in their free time afterwards after class, mm-hmm. or want to go into chemistry or like go into the lab mm-hmm. afterwards, there's actually like no point in it. It's just like a free course. I didn't think about that at all. Mm-hmm. I guess it'd just be tailored towards students who actually have some sort of 
need to like prove themselves or something. Well, I'm, I'm a big believer in if if you have if you believe your kid has the cognitive ability and skip a grade. I mean, fucking sixth grade through eighth grade is basically the same thing, except you have to speak a little nicer. Not the entire thing. Learn a couple extra vocab words. I mean, you learn you learn how to do three digit multiplication versus you know how to use X. You know what I mean? It's although it's diff, I mean, like it's, a, it's still a little bit of a jump. If you have the cognitive ability to, you should skip a grade. Like, I think I think I think it's more about we have a system that limits the cap of some people. I think that that's what we're, it, it's about. We have a lot of people that that limit the cap but bring the base up, and I think that bringing that base down and expanding the cap is really what we should be focused towards. Again, like people who people who want to do, like do construction management, people who want to work do labor work. There's no reason why they need to fucking go to high school uh, for a lot of the time. There's, they, don't, they don't need to learn fucking physics. For, uh, a lot of people like, don't need to learn that. If you're going to get a bachelor, if you're going to get your MBA, what the fuck do you need physics for? If you're going to get your MBA, what the fuck do you need chemistry for? It's still required class, all, at least in Kentucky State, uh, for high school graduate requirement. And it's still a gen ed requirement almost everywhere you go. Just We should be able to have fucking in, more internships, more apprenticeships. Again, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a typical libertarian sort of mindset of like, uh, kind of just do whatever the fuck you want and then learn how to do it. Like, trade school is something that exists. You shouldn't need to go have a fucking bachelor's degree to go to business school. Half a business school is useless anyways. Uh, I'm talking about specifically high school. Now, we both grew up in Kentucky. Like, mm-hmm. even the education system here is not that great, even if you go to, like, one of the top schools. Now, mm-hmm. the thing is, if you go to St. Anne's, mm-hmm. which is a very upper-end school in um, the Northeast, mm-hmm. basically what the, they do uh, is... Exeter, what, the Culver's. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. They essentially do what you described. They have no specific subjects. Their grades are, they have no grades. It's just like a written report from the teacher that explains like how you're doing to your parents, like what, like what you're passionate, what you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And you're able to explore outwards and not be confined by subjects or subject requirements by the government. I mean, I like that. I mean, my bioinformatics class are two exams. We were a take-home open note exam. And the second one is a Word document that you need to fill out and that the teacher gave all the resource for that. But our grade is not really based off that. Our grade is based off the final manuscript that shows us all the research that we've done. And which is actually compelling us to learn the skill of bioinformatics and not just learning how to fill in a multiple choice question. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like one one large thing that I realized coming from uh, before Gatton and then coming to WKU is that like I when, when you can't you can't eliminate two you can't eliminate A and C and then pick which which one's better B and D. You have to actually do a survey analysis of what resources you have and what is there, what is known, to be able to create something new from that. What you said before about people who want to go into like business but don't need chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say it's still a requirement that you need to know some basic chemistry? I mean, you know what? I hope people would do that on their own fucking free time. It's completely different, though. Uh, do you know what? Because I feel like everyone still needs to have some basic understanding of how the world works. Yeah, but by the time you're in fucking college, no. I mean, everyone, I mean, sure, take a fucking height. I mean, like, you. I don't think... Uh, sure, uh, maybe in high school, yeah. But in college, absolutely fucking not. 
Well, yeah, I guess like college, even if you if you go to like the STEM track, then you're required to take STEM courses, which is completely different from like education. Yeah. I mean, like the requirements still in college. Even talking still... psychology, I mean, like maybe you need to know a little biochemistry, like a little bit of neurochemistry. And so having a basic, like fundamental idea of chemistry itself would be important. But taking Chem 1, Chem 2, and then Orgo to be a, like to do become, get a, get a PhD in psychology or is not really fucking useful at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'll understand. Uh, I don't think they even problem. require that, to be honest, though. They do in some places. Uh, I mean, the, the, the prerequisites to take endocrinology and things like that, mm-hmm. where you have to like learn about hormones, which is not really that big of a thing. I mean, like one thing at WKU, I want to take, there's an endocrology class here. The requirements for that are taking like psychology, psychological statistics, not psychological statistics, like research psychology, and then um, which is not really something that that would really apply. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so I, I think sort of, so I mean, taking out some of those prerequisites and kind of letting people take what they actually want to take and learning skills that would actually benefit them is what we should really be for. We should we should be going towards. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, what do you think we should do about like those big public school areas, like those big metropolitan areas that are extremely well funded, but still that still don't end up doing well, like places like Memphis and Detroit? Uh, I had a previous comment to your, mm. which is, fuck. I'll answer that question right now instead. So I feel like there's a lot of factors that go into such a problem, right? First, there's the government. Mm-hmm. First, there, uh, Next, there's like the culture of the city. Mm-hmm. Three, you have um, fam- yeah, funding. Also, you have family issues. Um, now, all these play a large factor in such an area. I really think drive is the biggest thing in the world, internal drive. Right, but how are you going to find that such a place? Well, fortunately, it's it's a it's still it's it's, it's a it's a uh, what's, what's the term? It's a completely it's, environment. It's, 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 it's a major minority of people who have such a shitty environment, such shitty funding, and such shitty government. It's okay. a lot of people, but it's, it's still a minority in it all, um, and. We should be providing places like U of University of Louisville should be providing more internships to people in the West End of Louisville. It doesn't matter if you present opportunities if they're never going to take it. We have to preface the, the actual schools have to preface the importance of taking those opportunities. Right, but these environments don't really care about that. Well, unfortunately, it's a very hard problem. Unfortunately, that's free will. Yeah, I don't think they're... it's not the it's not the government's job. It's not my job to impede on someone's household and tell them that they should prioritize this over that. That's, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the kid's father. That that's that's part that's part of being in a free will society and a, a, a society of free, freedom. You have the choice to take the opportunity or not. If you don't take the opportunity, part of it is on you. Like it, I agree to some extent because I'm a really big believer in surrounding yourself in an environment that is tailored towards what you want to achieve, right? Mm. And if you are in such an environment, you're never going to think about like going out, going out to Louisville, taking an internship there if all you're surrounded by is just 
a bad city. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I, even though you have all the free will, how the fuck are you ever going to realize that you can have a life outside of the city if you're never exposed to it? Well, well it's, that's, you, that's, that's what, part, in my opinion, that's part of the father's father and mother's role, and that's part of mother and mother. That's part of the parents' role, we were phrase. That's part of the teacher's role as well. Yes, but if you were to say that all, like, the if you take a specific example, in such an environment, if the family does not the care... fallacy anecdotal. Okay. Say there is a family that doesn't care about education like that. You okay. can't... Are you, are you saying that you can't do anything about it? You can do something about it. Like what? You make the decision to care about education. Yeah, but you're not exposed to it at all. That, I, 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 I genuinely wonder how many people are genuinely living in that environment. It, it, unfortunately, there are people who do... There's people in Kentucky that don't really care about education right now. You can go back home, and there's a bunch of people that are fine with just staying at home, not, go, not, not going to college, just working for their mom. But is that because we're giving them opportunities? And is that because we're... They're not exposed to anything else, is what I'm saying. That, How the fuck are they going to find out anything if they're not exposed to it in the first in that, instance? I'm a really big believer in exposure and like that exposure, that inspiration to actually change your life, to go to a different path. If you're never exposed to it, it doesn't fucking matter. We have, we, have never... a, we have a caller. You want to take a caller? Well, let's, let's take one. Let's take one then. Uh, I don't know what that does. You can unmute yourself if you would like. And... Andrew, can you hear me? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? You're doing well. Really good. I only see you, but I hear two people talking, so I don't know if he's with you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. We're in the same. Uh, we're actually. I have a bunk bed in my dorm room, and we're both on the top bunk. Oh, okay, cool. You're both in college. Uh, yeah, we're in. I, I, I don't know. If we're in the Gatton Academy, which is a, a program that allows juniors and seniors to go to college early if they do things such as like a do well in their ACT and have a high GPA. Yeah, so I'm 18 and he's 17 right now. Yeah. But still at Western Kentucky University. Awesome. Congrats, guys. Good Thank for you. you. That means you had to have had some initiative to push right. yourself to be at that point. And uh, that was a choice, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That yes. Uh to some degree, yeah. Uh part of the part of the uh part of the, part of the guys the application process is that it's holistic and that it's it's a large part of it is that what resources are you actually taking advantage of in your actual areas so it's not necessarily the number or it's not necessarily the quality it's the is there the drive to take advantage of the resources that you have for example we have a lot of people from rural areas that don't have like labs that don't have uh the best public education systems but are they still trying to make it are they do they still have the drive to be able to create resources or take advantage of the resources they have while minuscule or do they okay i got you so for me it sounds like you guys have the drive you guys went for the opportunity that was available for you guys and I hear one person kind of arguing for the for those who don't take the opportunity, and and I guess maybe as an excuse of maybe whatever they went through or where they came from. But at the end of the day, I, I want us to remember we don't know everyone's backgrounds, but sometimes a lot of us have gone through a tough background, mm-hmm. and, and we still decide to go a certain direction that's positive towards opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I think that we should really look at it as if. How can we drive those people to go that direction? Because if they don't have the drive, they don't want it. I mean, that's their choice to be like that. 
but we can mm-hmm. give them excuses for not having that drive. If that makes sense. Well, I think I think the first thing we do for that is that we provide internet. Uh, so we're we're, we're from Kentucky. I, I don't know if you're from, uh, I don't know if you're like familiar with Kentucky, but there is a, a someone that's kind of trying to beat Mitch McConnell, who is their biggest. Their one of their biggest platforms is providing internet access to all of Kentucky. I think by providing internet access, making sure that our school libraries uh, have computers that can, are able to go actually like do things beyond have Google and have Minecraft. Like having things like that is is what's going to be able to bring the preface of those opportunities. Because again, like I've realized, it's they, although I have learned things from my parents and I've uh, loved them to death. A lot of what I realized is through things like LinkedIn, seeing things, seeing things uh, like Mark Zuckerberg who made Facebook in his dorm. Those type of stories, seeing and reading about them through social media, and seeing movies about them through social media as an outlet has helped improve, uh, helped me, helped inspired me. Yeah, but th- that's like a very different thing because you are different from everyone else. Like, like not. I, I, I'm just saying, internet access is a start. Internet access is a start, but I don't think that's a main factor in actually driving these people to achieve more, to find like a path of opportunity. Because mm-hmm. even if you provide them some access, you can, like, even for me, even at a young age, I think everyone hears these stories, right? Mm-hmm. But they're like, that can never be me, right? They don't understand that they can do that if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of like showing them these stories and then then themselves having the free will to go that path. It's more of like trying to find a way to convince these people that there is more to their life, that they can achieve more. And that's a different, it's not all just free will. It's more just like exposure and just personal connection to actually motivate the person or find them or like help them find a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, I went to school and I'm older than you guys by a lot. <laughs> but, um, well, with age comes that. wisdom. You know what, though? I feel like I, I came with some. I, I had the drive to read as soon as I could read. I could read before I got to kindergarten. Like, I like love reading. And I would go, my mom and dad was like freaking Nazis, I guess, when it came to, not Nazis, I'm going to say that, um, dictators. When mm-hmm. it came to chores, I would go hide in the bathroom so I could read. And mm-hmm. after I was doing it, <laughs> like, you in it for two hours? Yep. <laughs> the whole time? Yep. <laughs> I was reading. It was my, my piece, my time. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is they have to want to do it, right? They have to have the desire to do it. And then how do you, like, so there's a match, right? And how do you light that match? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if they don't want that, then you can't, there's not a match. There's nothing to inflate. You have to then you have to def- see what, where are they at in their stage. Are they at the sta- uh, the stage where they can have a match mm-hmm. and bring a claim, or do are they at the, the spot in their life where they don't even care about having a match? They, everything is everyone else's fault. I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. I, I'm black, and I went to predominantly white schools, and no mm-hmm. one ever no one ever told me I couldn't do anything. They always, they were always motivating me. Donnie, you're going to be president one day. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm never running for office ever. And I did. I, well, for- I, hope you, I hope you do one day. You sound like a lovely lady. Um, but uh, one thing, so this is, again, this is kind of me being a, a little bit of an old head, but I think part of that match is uh, sort of those uh, traditional family values and not the uh, sort of like, the not the, not the 1950s traditional, fa- quote unquote, traditional family values, but the family values of like, there are lots of resources out there. And I, I generally think that, again, 
fathers and mothers and or all parents have been through many things, but having that strong parental role that helps give you guidance in the world is really what that match should be, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. And your community does matter. Mm-hmm. You know, get your parents, your household, your religion, all that is there. But mm-hmm. like your community helps mold who you are. And I think it's important when your parents are deciding what community you grow up in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's interesting. I mean, like I, I watched my parents go from broke immigrants that had my, I mean, like my dad came to America with a hundred dollars to his name. And, you know, my mom was a, she worked at Macy's to be able to, they were to just be able to pay off like their uh, college dorm. Like, and then I, I, I was, I guess I'll say I was even fortunate to be able to see that the humble beginnings, but like, I think, I mean, one thing I'm very gracious is, but is that I took, I took that being in that community and from a young age as an angle that I need to do better because I don't really want to be in that stage. You know what I mean? It was not, it wasn't exactly fun to see my parents saving up so they can go out for pizza. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, same I, for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same yeah, for like, me. So I, I agree. I agree with you. A lot of it is a bit about like, where did you actually grow up from a young age? And of course there's amazing success stories of people from that. They started at 30, 35, 40. Um, but yeah, I agree with you a lot. The community is real. Uh, your initial community uh, that forms you, but to be fair, I think it's also like, what do you see in that community? You know, uh, again, like I saw my parents uh, struggle a lot and I took that as motivation because I don't want to be in that. Not necessarily that like this is what life is, if that makes sense. It does. And I think one big thing I want to make sure I emphasize on, regardless of what you go through, you could have gone through um, hell and back. Mm-hmm. But what choices you make after that, that really mm-hmm. defines you the person. What you went through doesn't mm-hmm. define you. What you mm-hmm. have to do after what you went through all that hell is what defines you and makes you the, the one of the best humans on this earth. But mm-hmm. how do you decide to move and be a, as a human being? Because mm-hmm. you could be a victim, right? Mm-hmm. But did, did you decide to be a monster yourself and make other people victims? Or did you decide, mm-hmm. you know what, I'm going to help other people who went through what I went through? I think mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to is what do you choose to do after you've been through that? I agree with you 100%. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you were here, sort of at like sort of the initial part while we were talking, but like, well, so I'm, I'm the president of the Republicans Club and I did a fundraiser for Ukrainian citizens and I, I raised $300 like after preparing for a week. And that, and that sort of like inspired me of like, if I can throw something together in a week and raise $300 for people in need, then what, what, like I could do so much more if I spend a month on this or spend two weeks or I dedicate my time. And it's inspired me to create a, a, a nonprofit organization with my friend here. Um, and I mean, like our first our first project is is a refugee service pack, a refugee service, uh, which is basically like creating uh, creating starter kits, like things like toiletries, things like uh, school supplies, and general funding. Um, because again, like I, I've seen what I've seen what immigrants look like. Uh, I've seen that. Like I, I come, I'm I'm Asian American, so I've seen a lot of other Asian Americans who are immigrants and they're refugees, and they need those resources. So I agree with you. It's like uh, I'm I, I've I'm not going to let myself be a sort of a victim of the past or the victim of my upbringing. I'm going to try to make, bring service to my community. Anything to say, Andrew? Uh,
I'm kind of just analyzing what you said. Again, I mean, like, uh, one thing they emphasize in, like, every single English class is, like, what angle are you going to take your your essay at? Like, even, even if you have a topic, it's, like, what angle are you going to take it at? I mean, a lot of people, everybody in your English class, they're, they're, they're reading the same book. But it's, like, again, it's, like, what angle do you take it at? So, so even sometimes, like, we, we, we all come from different communities and we all come from, or we may come from similar communities. So it's, like, what angle are you going to take towards life, you know? Which is, I think, is a very interesting conversation that that could be had. Again, my uh, traditional family values is like that. I think that's all starts in the household. You guys, I accidentally hit hang up because it's so close to the microphone. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to leave your room. Um, you were speaking Ukraine. And you raise money for them, and I know you, your heart was in the right place. I would just say in the future, um, just to – I have my last recorded show, I, I talked about the Ukraine and Russian situation. Mm-hmm. And you can take whatever I say, a grain of sand, but I also put receipts in my, my um, discussion I did. And then you can just look at that and then, like, do research from there. But I would be um, – I guess I would look into um, what's really going on outside of what people are telling you mm-hmm. first before you jump on board to support someone. And I think you, like I said, I think your heart is in the right space mm-hmm. and I think it's great, but I definitely want y'all. And I think you guys should have your nonprofit and help people because I can hear that that's what y'all want to do. And I, and I applaud that um, completely, but I definitely want y'all to look into Whenever you hear something and see something being pushed by a lot of people, I would definitely look into it first before you support it. Because typically, it, it may not be in the best need of everyone. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I would look into it because they push war. And then they're trying to convince us to support them if America decides to go into war. Mm-hmm. And I don't want us going to war. I don't want us spending money. I don't want us spending a bunch of money. We just went through COVID. A bunch of businesses lost their businesses, you know, because everything went down with the shutdowns and everything and the different rules and regulations and having to, you know, change around your business, depending on what state you're in. I'm in Texas, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be mindful of, like, really research. When you hear something, research it. Go go, go to a, a browser like Brave or like the Go because Google filters out certain things so you can't see it. So, like I said, I love reading. I always love researching and investigating things and getting down to nitty gritty. But I feel like I want to make sure the fact your heart and y'all's love helping people goes the the correct direction. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like saying that you should go to Russia because I'm not saying that at all. I just want America just to focus on America and uh, mm-hmm. issues we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they try to convince us to go to war and do all these things. But you look like, if you look around, my show that I had last is, is America the Bad Guy. America has been the bad guy for a long time. And I didn't know it. I'm I'm 34. And I always thought America was a good guy. And like going back and actually looking at real history and everything, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. We didn't liberate anybody. We stole from them. 
Mm-hmm. So just that's just my my warning because like I did I wish I knew that when I was seventeen or sixteen or eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I found out when I was in my thirties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think I'll say thank you. I, I appreciate that advice. Uh, but uh, I think I think we're gonna end up uh just kind of wrapping things up. That's where with you, Andrew. Yeah, it is past our curfew. Yeah, so. we do technically have a curfew, but uh, well, I think we're just gonna end up wrapping things up. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, really quickly, Andrew? Uh, no, none for me. All right, that, my melatonin is starting to kick in. I got uh, got class tomorrow morning. Uh, slept approximately two hours last night, so a little bit tired right now. But thank you for everybody joining. Uh, I think you, uh, I believe your name is Donnie. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but thank you for speaking and thank you for contributing. And we, I appreciate, and Andrew, I appreciate your advice and your uh, collaboration and everything. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this is The Trip. I'm Armand Rye. And I'm Andrew Park. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye.